Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Still in the basement, no longer alone. With my homegirl Therese on the microphone. Music politics are just chatting it up. Brunch in the basement, see that's what's up. You never know who might run through. Legendary artists or someone brand new. You miss a lot when you miss one day. At least that's what I heard somebody say. But it doesn't really matter what whoever says. It's always a good show with Javon and Therese. Yeah. Brunch in the basement with Javon and Therese. Yeah. Who we got today, or what we're doing today, or whatever it is, it's gonna be good. Woo! Hey, hey good, good morning, morning everyone. Uh, today we have uh, unfortunately lost two very special people in the music business and so with that um we're gonna play a little richard and and i found a little crack up in my head like there's a little, little static, static or something but, but y'all let, let me know, know. let's do this Meet 
listening to WJR Internet Radio. I'm hearing a weird feedback thing. And if you're hearing feedback as well, Pops, could you just let me know if I sound a little weird to you? And with that, We're, We're going, going to pay tribute to, to Mr. Hell right now with, with some, some music. The music, music for the rest of the day, day will be, be uptown. Right. So, so sit, sit back, back relax. And um, hear the sound. Let, let me know if my voice, voice is breaking, breaking up. up. And then it's so then uh, we'll, we'll, we'll work it out. Yeah. This right here, Jimmy Close out. To everyone. That has lost someone. That they truly love. Check it out. Seems like yesterday, I used to rock the show. I laced the track.
WJBR Internet Radio.
this about this album. You can't be doing this, Mary, Mary. You got to get together. Come on, go and get around. You go have some drinks, go toss it up. You know, just come ready to go. You know, just check it out. I don't have no memo, but I got a skateboard, four wheel drive. Mary, Mary, please, man, better let's sign up. Okay? And the poop will hear us. See ya. Yeah. 
Listening to WJBR Internet Radio in the basement with Javon and Therese. I think I got it. I think I
I finally, finally got this uh, microphone situation straightened out. Excuse my voice. (laughs) Maybe it was better with the echo. I'm not sure. Um, But I want to thank Pops, our producer, one of our co-producers, man. You hooked me up this morning. God bless you. I love you to pieces. And um, you you just make the show so much better. And... um, Again, I want to give my condolences to the families of Little Richard, one of our icons, and um, Mr. Harrell, who bought us all of this wonderful music from Uptown Records. Condolences to the Uptown Records family. And with that, um, one of well, two of our, I guess, our co-hosters and one of our co-producers and my friends, people I love, 
are part of the Uptown Records family. And um, my condolences to you, Rez, and, of course, to Monifa. We love you. And, um, and condolences to everyone who's lost someone, who's missing someone today. Mother's Day is tomorrow. And um, there's a, a dear friend of mine who's, mother's home going to the best of what we can do for homecoming is happening today. And so, you know, just condolences all around. But, you know, even with that, we're trying to be grateful for amazing grace, right? And um, I say all of that and want to go to Good morning, happy Saturday. Uh, Yeah, um, thank you for that, Jay. For real, it's a long, long night. Um, First, you know, obviously, I want to start off by um, uh, wrapping love, sending love and light to um, Andre Harrell, the Uptown family, Wendy Credo, Gianni. uh, On the the news, we got. you know, it's just so so many so many things to say, but you know, mostly just sending positive love and light to the family and the legacy, the tremendous legacy of Andre Harrell um, and and Uptown, and there are so many people um, that are affected. And man, you know, it's just it's like we've been consistently saying throughout all the time um, when we broadcast is that we don't realize how now how much we are actually affected. We are all connected and affected by one another. You know, it's just really sad. And um, I don't know what to say. There are no words, really. Which uh, God bless him and his position. Um, and, you know, and just to wrap your arms around his son, you know, and, and anybody that's having a, a struggle with this right now, you know background babies sleep, you know, finally. And, you know, it is what it is. So. Yeah. Please yeah. Um, hug up on her and love on her for me. Um, I know that Uptown Records, that was her, that was her open door. That was the beginning of her dream come true. And um, they became family for her. And, you know, it's just something, some people, some situations in your life will always be dear, near and dear, whether, regardless, because things pass, everything passes. Situations, mm-hmm. um, relationships change over time. Some of them stay with us as they change and they they blossom or they become um you know, I, I, I really believe in my heart of hearts that love is everlasting. Mm-hmm. And maybe maybe that's just me. No, I think it's you. That, that's a great point, you know. And you always remember your first instinct, you know. Uh, they have a lot of experiences in life, but your first experience can never be duplicated. So that being said, you know, um, although she started her career when she was, 
young, young, you know, like uh, in, in the public eye. Um, to the thing commercials and stuff like that, but you know, our first recording career um, by the, being the protege of um, the late great Heavy D, uh, that brought her right to Uptown. So that was, um, you know, a very tight knit group. And, and the '90s was like an, a very unique, exclusive uh, era and time when you had a lot of young black execs making moves and bringing the culture forward in a commercial way, you know? So shout out to Puffy, you know, shout out to Andre and, and Heavy D, may he rest. You know, she um did a post on her Instagram and, and brought it all kind of home for her, you know, right before she went to sleep after she heard, you know. And um, she's just like, I just hope that they're together, you know, again, because, you know, it's, all these men were responsible for a lot of careers, a lot of, they took a lot of, out the hood, you know, um, and you know, it, it's respect for the legacy. Absolutely, absolutely. It's so it's it's sad, especially now. And I don't know. Um, but what I want to do is continue until Richard Pryor. Junior comes on. I want to continue um, playing some of that uptown, some of that good uptown uh, records music. Um, Harlem, y'all. Harlem, USA. You know, ain't nothing like New York City, like New Rochelle, like the Boogie Down, like like Queens, New York. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like Brooklyn in the house. Can I get an amen for New York City? And you know, all you know, all of us raised in the concrete jungle, you know, I'm a South Bronx kid, you know, just um, so much talent. And we were talking, I think it was Wednesday night, you asked um, Elizabeth Withers, you know, like the pain and the experience, how did that, you know, filter through her creativity. That's where, that's where our magic comes from. You know, you, you could do what you want. Guess what? There's this thing, uh, the Buddhists, right, who who chant Nam Yoho Renge Kyo, right? They talk about the lotus flower. And the lotus flower is a flower that grows in muddy swamps, dirty, dirty, muddy swamps. And it comes out, though, clean and white as snow. It wasn't for, wow. for the white part. But, you know, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I do. You I know, do. Right? Image, you know? Yeah. Has anybody ever captured that image, like a lotus in the middle of like a swamp? Like I think I, I remember of and concrete, but has anybody ever captured that? I never knew that. That's, that's an interesting. Thank you for that. Yeah. I didn't know lotus flower actually grew from swamps and stuff like that. Yeah. So so you know, I'm just saying where we come from a grimy world man it's a grimy world but there is tons of beauty pure beauty that gets up out of that swamp and um shares its beauty with the world and with that here's your beauty your beautiful <laughs> wife <laughs> you know me with the segues you know i'm gonna I, 
I almost wish I didn't realize I'd do it now, but that's your fault. Cause I didn't, that's your, I didn't know that I was the segway, uh, the queen of the segways, but you know, I think, uh, you know, it's what it is. Good morning, P Boogie, Sonia, Pops again. I love you to pieces. Amazing lovelies. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, Alicia, Debbie Turner, hi, everybody, everybody who's watching, and I think, let me just wait a little bit um, until until Richard comes on to put this on the Facebook Live, because, you know, it's just been drama, and this morning, my voice was echoing all over the place, and last night, Richard and I were trying to Talk on, you know, I was showing him how to, you know, we navigate through this. And um, even this started acting up, and I'm like, oh, God. So I'm I'm about to um, experiment um, this week with E-Pops with a different platform to see if we can get, you know, have at least a backup. You know what I'm saying? Cause, cool. But you know, when I was talking to um, uh, Pengster, <coughs> excuse me. And she um, said that there was something going on with the internet, you know, uh, last night. So I don't know. You know, I know they're putting up a lot of stuff, you know, um, mm. but I'm not sure of how that affects what we have working on or what we have going on here, too. So that's something to consider. Oh, you okay. Know. All right. I'm sorry. Not to bring it down again. I just wanted to give a shout out to the family of the late, great uh Little, Little Richard. Richard. Yes, we played. We opened uh, up this morning playing Little Richard, man. It, it's just two legends, like boom, boom. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, let's do this. Let's let's let's. Uh, yeah, we missed them, and um, you know what? I love the way Mo um actually performs this. Song now from time to time, either she'll do heavy rap or sometimes she'll have him on the big green tribute. You know, much respect to those who give respect. You know, um, yo, that's what's up. Just give a really promise me, give a big tight one for me today, and let her know that you know my heart is with her. Right? Yeah, another soul on soul. Yeah, production. Yeah, 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 yeah. I stay so thin, foreign colognes, I keep dips. Coogee sweaters, hand knit, cause that's that fly shit. I say lace because my body got Versace taste. Rolex on my cup, flooded with diamonds and stuff. A half a dozen hundred bands coupe in my driveway. Tried to have it my way, the flyway. Let it be day. I should have kept it real when I was with you, instead of this you. So now I miss you, true.
Shout out to the late great Heavy D. Heavy D. Dilly, 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 D. Yes. <laughs> you know that's right. Um, Pops gives us, of course, the deets, the details. The lotus flower rises from the depths of a muddy river, blooms and thrives. This symbolizes the human who rises from the darkness of the world into a new way of thinking and living. It is a symbol of rebirth growth, and purification of spirit. The lotus flower also represents faith. Mm. Thank you, Poppy Julo. Poppy Julo. What would we do without him? Nothing. (laughs) (laughs) He's just a super human. I'm just saying, man. What? You better stay safe, Pops. You better taking care of yourself, dude. Yo. What? And can I tell you something, Jay, too? This COVID, you know, doesn't work. The COVID isolation, I'll just say, doesn't work for everybody. You know, some of us are looking like real care bears around these these parts, you know, without all of our essential services in effect, right? But it also brings us to nature and back to being self-resilient in the same breath. But there are some of us who are at home just Stewing in their berry juices and looking quite beautiful. I'm bad. And Papi Chulo is mm-hmm. one of them. Yes. Like, not every, anybody who knows me um, knows uh, uh, I have a little secret where uh, salt and pepper hair is concerned. And that glistening, just white, beautiful, like on top of some caramel skin, that's my, that's my Waterloo. So, and Pop right now, He's white up top and all around here, just super sexy looking, you know. And he posted a picture on his IG, you know, um, that uh, he sent to me prior to posting, and I just, I just love it. He's just a great little teddy bear, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful spirit. 
Absolutely, absolutely. I'm gonna, I'm gonna play another song and then I'm gonna disappear for a second. Don't everybody freak out. I'll be back. Um, but you're absolutely right. He is so drop dead gorgeous with the salt and pepper. It works for him. It doesn't work for everybody. I feel like I look old and scroungy right now, but that's all right. You know, I'm, I'm still looking. So <laughs> therein lies the point. Um, so let me, I want to add before I do my little disappearing act. Um, you're listening to WJBR Internet Radio, Brunch in the Basement with Javon and the rest. Um, I would ask that everyone please share, uh, like Sonia and P Boogie and Everyone, uh, Pops is asking for everyone to please do um, share it. Actually, I'm going to let y'all in on a little secret. I have a goal right now of 10,000 followers. Um, That goal is so that I keep forgetting why. (laughs) Because we just like people. Well, number one, we do like people, and the more people we can reach, the more people we can entertain and help get through this time. That's true. Um, and and also, we can introduce people to, you know, the, the artists, the, the just people that we find to be dope and interesting people. So that works, but there's something that we can do more of that we can't do now because we don't have 10,000 people and I don't remember what the hell it is but anyway um, specifically that's what she's talking about you know worldwide we don't know the numbers we just know the countries um, and continents we reach but YouTube has a specific something surrounding the numbers okay so we'll see tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend absolutely Absolutely. Um, also, check out our website, www.wjbrinternetradio.com. www.wjbrinternet.com. Um, you'll find some of the prior uh, shows. shows, thank you, and um, our radio station, and you can buy our merchandise. We appreciate that. If you have purchased any of the uh, merchandise, if you do, whether it be a cup, mug, T-shirt, hoodie, please take a picture of yourself with it and post it so and tag us so that we can see it. I'll and shout you out. We will definitely you. give you a big old shout out. And thank Why don't you see that internet link on the chat? I will definitely do that. I'm um trying to I'm trying you know I'm I'm so old I can't do two things at once I'm trying to um that's a lie you told me like <laughs> right there I gotta stop you you do about four five things at one time don't let her fool y'all she got a whole command central going on over there left right and center so stop it <laughs> yes um that's true because I'm doing like three things right now <laughs> always that's a, always always I'm actually um. Communicating with Richard, <laughs> Richard Pryor Jr. right now. <laughs> ah. 
Ooh, that sounds good, Pop. Kale and grilled eggplant and make it black bean soup. Ooh, that kale. You know what? I, I, I think I got some of that downstairs. Maybe lunch. You know, I've been really, um, uh, what, I'm, what I'm doing now, I go get the spelt bread and I grill up some onions and a, and a nice portobello cap. And then I throw some, some spinach and kale in there and I make a sandwich. And when I bite down into that sucker, just the just the juices that explode all around my face, I oh that's my that's my go-to now. Like when I want a sandwich, it used to be PB and J because that's still my favorite all-time favorite peanut butter and jelly. Okay, okay. Let me just say that sometimes you act like you don't know who you're talking to, uh-uh. Therese. You said when the juices explode all over your face. Did you really say that while I'm present? <laughs> <laughs> Well, you, gotta, you know, it's something about biting into a, a, a saute portable mushroom cap with grilled onions. Did you really say potato. mushroom cap? <laughs> it's a guacamole. Oh, my God. So, like, uh, and, some, and I'm not really a huge bread eater, but spelt bread because it feels so light and toasted. After toasted. A savage. Yes, Sonia, I said savage. Crazy. Oh, Jesus. You know what? It is noon and I didn't get to disappear. I was ready to disappear and run. And I'm going to tell you why in a moment, but I can't do it right now because, unlike a lot of other black folk, Mr. Richard Pryor Jr. is on time. to have him on the show. He is a comedic actor, okay? I actually saw Richard and met him briefly just to say hello and take a picture um, or two. Actually, I took two pictures, which I thought were really cute, you know, one with us smiling together and one with us making a sad face together. Um, those are like and, – and honestly – those are like two of my favorite pictures that I have, period, right? I have a lot of favorite pictures, but those are two of my favorite pictures with me me and Richard Pryor Jr. Because, um, you know, it's just something about his spirit. I, I had made friends with Rain. Rain was playing at the uh, – Rain Pryor was pe- playing at the Metropolitan. I promised her I was going to go down, check out the show. Checked out the show. And lo and behold, she calls up her brother to do a skit. They did a song together, which was freaking hysterical. I loved it. And I was saying to Rain afterwards that the two of them need to get together and do, like, some kind of real show, like a big freaking production. I'm sure between the two of them they could write it and do the whole thing because they, they're very talented um, the fruit didn't fall very far from the tree. And it's, it's funny how um, their father, but in different ways, it's so funny. Like, and then when you look at pictures, because I became a, a prior stalker, so, you know, I started looking at the pictures of all the siblings. They all look like him in different ways. Um, but 
what has really made me feel okay. So first of all, I, as I think about Rain, I feel like she's a distant cousin because we love Mr. Richard Pryor, right? And and right. Richard Pryor was we grew up with him as like a old uncle that was naughty that we get, didn't get to see physically in the house, but we saw his. Right, we listened to his his um his recordings. We went to his movies, so it was like we knew him growing up. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we didn't know him. So kids are like relatives. We meet them. You know what I mean? Oh, hey, right? Isn't that weird how that happens? But when you no, read, it's actually, it's actually true to our our root as a, as a, as, um, as a people, as, as black people, right? As a people, because because somewhere along the line they are cousins and relatives, you know. And true, and too. even though you know, in our pat middle passage, you know, our involuntary middle passage, we lost that we lost that sense of community. That's why we still feel it in our cells because they are our distant cousins. They, they are our brothers and sisters. I just want to put that out there, you know. You feel it because it is there. It's cellular. Right. And so what I want to do, well, what I want to say also is reading, in reading his book, okay, and I'm I'm getting ready to send the link of this recording so that um everybody can have it um in reading his book you get to know him better you also get a little bit more of insight from his perspective of his father um the book is the one of the good books cuz i have stopped reading i do audio books and that it but to sit down and actually read this book was a joy. I mean, I got the hard covered copy, and it was a page turner. I love him. And let me hurry up and add him to this thing because he's like, this girl goes on and on and on. Richard, <laughs> Richard Pryor Jr., everyone. We love you, sir. Thank you. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. How are you guys? Well, thank you. Thank you for joining us. And of course, you know Javon. Yeah, it's a pleasure to meet you. Pleasure to meet you. Can you hear Javon? I hear you great. Great. So I am, you know, I'm a little slow, even though, you know, whatever. But I just, I think, I think, I'm doing like 50 different things, Richard. You have to understand, like, it's like 50 different things, but I think I did this on my Facebook page. If I could even find Facebook on my phone, I think we're on on my Facebook page. If anybody's a friend of mine or whatever, look on the page and see. And then if you want to just take a moment and see if you can share it. Yeah, your page share it. Yeah, you can do that, and we'll play. I want to take a quick moment, if it's okay, to uh-huh. okay. So let me just. Yeah. We're also um, paying tribute to Uptown Records. We lost Andre Harrell. Right. Um. So I just want to play one last song, and then as soon as I come back, 
we're going to chat, okay? So this gives right. you a chance to find the the recording and you can share it. All right. Okay, let me do this. All right, All baby. Right. Here we go. More money, more problems. <laughs> Tell me who rock, who sell out in the stores. You tell me who flop, who cop the blue drop, jewels drop drops. Who mostly goes down to the blue drop? The same old pimp makes you know ain't nothing changed but my pimp. Can't stop to see my name on the blimp. Guarantee me yourself for the luck. You don't believe in Harlem world? Double up. We don't play around this bet. Lay it down. They know me '91, bet they know me now. I'm the young Harlem with the gold. School me to the game, now no duty. Stay humble, stay low, blow like wood. True pimp, spin a dough on the booty. When you yell, they go make it, go your cutie. with somebody and just talking about my life. I didn't want it to be like, I wanted it to be when you read it, you could picture everything and see everything. Uh, but I didn't want it to be drawn out, you know, and, you know, 50 pages for a chapter, 20 pages for a chapter. I wanted it to be where you could read it and follow it through the, my life story and go through that way. So that's the way it actually came out. So I'm happy about it. And I didn't want the pictures clumped in the middle. I wanted right. pictures throughout the book. So Nice. I'm telling nice. you, it worked. Yeah, I can't wait to get mine. I ordered it, and I know a lot of other people ordered it from uh, letting us know. Shout out to Pet P Boogie. 
She says she's ordered her book. She can't wait to read it. What inspired your book? Well, first, when I was starting out years ago, I, you know, when I was in, um, years ago, like in 1990-something, I was like, oh, let me do a book. And I started doing it. And I was like, eh. you know, you put up things on the shelf and all that stuff. Uh, then I lost my mother and then I lost my father. And I tried in 2006 to start again, but emotionally I wasn't prepared for it or ready for it. So probably like 2014, I was like, you know, I need to really do this. I want to do this. When I first started doing it, it was writing about what it was like being a son of a celebrity. Mm-hmm. By the time the book was towards the end of the book, it was like, wasn't no longer about that. It was about how can I help somebody through the things I've been through? How can I help somebody who's in that dark place? How can I help somebody come out of that dark place? Or even if it's not me helping them, how can they hear my story, see my story, see themselves or see somebody that they know and they could share the book with or uh, share a story with that look, look, look how low this person was and look what they came out of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amen. That's just exactly what it is. Because in, in our community, especially in our, our, our African-American community, we don't, uh, mental illness is not talked about, uh, lifestyles not talked about, none of those things are talked about. And I think it was very important for me to talk about the struggles and the things I went through and the darkness. You know, the book isn't, you know, some people write a book and talk about, uh, woe was me, look what everybody did to me. No, but I want the book to be about showing my, my ugly too, showing the things that I did that were wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, not people both me but me affecting people's lives as well mm-hmm. absolutely. Wow. absolutely and how long did it take you to map a lot I heard early part of uh, when, you, when you weren't ready and then you um, revisited the idea how right. long did it take you to were you journaling along the way did you um, stop and reflect I when I first started earlier in 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 uh, the 1990s and everything, and then there 2006 around those times, all that went out the window. So what I did, uh, and I believe it was 2009 or 2010, I was in Chicago for like six months doing a play. I was there rehearsing and doing a play, so I wanted to do a one man show, and I talked to a comic friend of mine named Wendy, and. I was asking her, well, what should I, how do I do this and everything? She said, what you do is you get a pen and paper and you start at number one and go through things that maybe happened in your life and that would be a point. Mm-hmm. So I did that. And then when it got me to write the book, I was like, what could I do? Uh, how do I start this? So I picked up the list again that I had. And I had like 170 points in the book, in the, on the list. So what I would do, I was uh, Richard's first, um, and then what I would do is record on my phone and just talk about it. Mm. And then I go to the third point, you know, and talk about, you know, being molested and would just talk about it. And then I would send it to Ron Brower, uh, who uh, co-wrote with me and would send it to him and he would pattern it after her and he got so that he could tell when it was emotionally affecting me something i was talking about like my mother's death for instance how it was emotionally affecting me and he was able to write in that in that sense and it was so uh, uh so deep that there were times when i would get physically ill during writing the book 
you know, my back would go out, I'd be sick and all that stuff. And, you know, my manager would be there for me push me, you know, come on, shake it off, get up. I know it's affecting you physically because of what you're talking about. You're bringing up things that you have forgotten about, things, because what it was, you would talk about one thing and something else, would, another door would open up. You'd be like, oh, my God, that happened. You know, and then you'd have to start talking about that. So it was very, um, it was a tough thing. So it was a process probably from, I started that in probably 2010 and and then 2014, when I picked it up, I think in about a year and a half, we had the book finished. Hmm. Yeah. As someone said online, um, Sabrina, shout out, uh, you're purging. And when you're purging up stuff, how important was it for you? Oh, did you do a lot of therapy in that time, too? No, my therapy was uh, praying, <laughs> uh, praying and, you know, staying in, the, in my word and um, uh keeping a shield around me and all those things because I know how the enemy will come and attack the things that you actually go through and the things that you're going up against. So mm -hmm. I made sure the people that were around me were the right type of people around me, uh, uh, people that would feed into it and allow that to take it somewhere else. Because when you go into that stuff, you want to like, oh, I need a drink. Mm -hmm. Well, I need to pick this up. I need to do this again. Then you right back in where you came from. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the darkness you came from so I didn't do that at all you you I, I can't even imagine you know Richard Richard Cryer senior um your father right uh, was a larger than life personality you know and and not only do you share his name but you also are the splitting image of him you know um and I can't even imagine what that's like trying to uh, either uh, uh, work through any issues you had about being the son of, you know, mm -hmm. and then waking up every day looking at his face, you know, and trying to work through some things, you know, whatever that was. Um, can you, now, I, we definitely want everybody to get the book because there's nothing like hearing his story in his own words, you know, um, that's important because this show, just reminding everybody, this is a paraphrase, and we're blessed to have him here to share his story and to help him, you know, drive to get his his legacy out, his book. But tell us what it was like growing up under that, that Richard Pryor entity. Like he was, he's he's famously uh, noted as the the godfather of of comedy. You know, right. tell us what what that was like as his son growing up. Well, I, I think, first of all, it was, uh, people ask, well, what is it like having a father, like, you know, your father, Richard, what's it like? And to me, when I was younger, it was like having a dad that worked in a factory. Mm. I saw, I didn't see it the way everyone else saw it and visualized it because I saw the person outside of what they were actually doing. So, like, I wasn't going to that factory and watching the cars or anything like that, but he was coming home, he was just dead. My dad was very soft-spoken. He was a, kind of an introvert, a little shy. Um, mm -hmm. we, we were, our makeup is definitely the same. Um, I didn't realize my father was an actual star. I think until I probably I was, you know, in the age of around 14, 12, 14, something that area, when he asked me to introduce him on stage uh, when he was doing stand-up. And I would go out and say, you know, ladies and gentlemen, my father, Richard Pryor, would be like, just the thousands of people just going crazy. And I think that's when it all clicked because even when I was like with him during the, you know, the holidays and the summers when I would spend time with him, 
you know, he was like, oh, we're going to my friend Bill's house and we get there and it's Billy D. Williams and my mouth would drop open because it's Billy D. Williams and my dad didn't understand. Well, I'm a star too. You know, dad, you're just dad. That was, that's a star. That's Billy D. So it was a total, the way people looked at him, I didn't look at him like that at all. Right. Totally different. So, so uh, I'm glad that you, you mentioned that um, because in the book and the name of the book, everyone is in a prior life. I just want to show that. Damn it. There it goes. Wait. Yeah. In a prior life. Um, you mentioned that very thing, that he takes you to Billy D. Williams' home, and you're like, oh, which we all would be. But yeah, know, yeah, I would have been that way had I met your father. Oh, finally, yeah. you know? Because yeah. in my mind, everybody's a friend in my head. I already know everybody. Um, one day, yeah. one day I'll tell you about me and Shaka Khan, but you know. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, but she doesn't know anything about it. Anyway. Um, no, she doesn't. She just because she wasn't even there actually. But anyway, um, so you go. Oh my God, Billy D. Williams, and your dad's like, but what about me? And then there's an incident. Like, I don't know whether or not, and I'm assuming that when he threw you in the pool, uh, that was his, he took that some kind of way. He didn't get that you that love was, his soul his, and not his, his, his celebrity. Get back. His get back. Yeah, because you can get that you loved his soul, which is deeper than loving, you You know, you loved right. him. Right. As opposed yeah, to he being... Was, yeah, he he we my dad was having a had a party, and a lot of celebrities were there, and I think Rainy and Elizabeth were there, I believe, as well, and we're all there and everything. And my dad couldn't swim, and I couldn't swim because you know I'm younger, so I didn't even learn to swim and everything. So he decides and thinks it's like a funny or something to people just throw me in the pool. And so he throws me in the pool and everything, and I'm you know, struggling and everything. And I finally get out, and I curse him out in front of everybody. You know, called him an MF in front of everybody. And it was like, if you could just see the faces on everybody, you know. But what doing was natural to me as far as the language, because when I was three years old, I was calling people mother punchers. I mean, so it was nothing to me, you know, you would use that language in, in my in my great-grandmother's house, you know. You know, me up here and, you know, it was just natural. So it wasn't a thing like I. You know, yeah, now I it wasn't a stretch for me to say it. It was just it was what it was. That's what you are right now. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And how did he how did he take that? Oh, not very good. I can yeah. imagine. I think yeah, not very good, but you know, I I think it was more embarrassment mm. than anything he tried to make it something really funny and it turned into something really tragic. Yeah, yeah. You know, People, you know, laughing because once I said that, it, it all stopped. The, the humor and everything stopped. Yeah, because it wasn't funny. No, <laughs> it wasn't funny. So, so I'm glad that you mentioned your grandmother. Your so, and your great grandmother, I believe, right? Well, my great grandmother, my dad raised my great grandmother. Yeah, she raised my dad. Right. So, you also because your dad spoke about quite frequently um being raised in a whorehouse and um right. 
Peoria. In Peoria. Right. So so even those who haven't read the book yet, you know, know a little something about Richard Pryor. Yeah. We I mean, we, we all know him, you know, and, right. and and you get that, you know, you know him in the way obviously that you and your family do. But what was that like? Um you also had the experience of being a child in that environment, correct? Yeah, I would actually, you know, whether it was, you know, after school, all the time I would go over and spend time with my great-grandmother at her house, you know, or I would go to the pool hall, you know, uh, that she ran. I would do that. In the summers, you know, I would spend time with her in Peoria. And then also there's outside here, there's an uh, area called Bloomington Normal, which is like 45 miles outside of Peoria. I would go over there and spend time with my Aunt Maxine, her daughter, or Grandma Marie had a house there as well. So there and you're, you know, when you're like, you know, five or six years old, you know, if one minute you're outside making stuff and then, you know, a guy comes over and he's like, where's, you know, Maxine? I'm like, oh, she's in the house turning a trick, you know? Mm-hmm. So it wasn't, it wasn't, it was again, another thing that was natural to me, not knowing that it would, that really meant, but the mm-hmm. fact that I knew what the words, you know, the word, the rock proper words, and then they were bootleggers as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, selling, I'm selling guys coming to the store and I'm selling them pints when I'm little, you know, and stuff like that. But then when you're at the, you know, the house where they're working at, you're sitting there and, you know, you got girls sitting there teaching you how to play spades and you're playing spades and they're like, hold the hand and everything. I got to go upstairs and turn a trick, you know, and they're going upstairs to turn a trick and I'm sitting there waiting on them to come back and they come back, we finish the game. So it was all natural and normal to me. Mm. I looked at it, you know, when you're going through something like that and you're living that, you think everybody else's lives are like that. Right. You know, unless you have a TV to see that things are totally different, you see that and you think this is a child that's in an uh, alcoholism and abusive uh, household and everything. They may think during that time period that everybody is like that. Right. You know, they don't know unless they have access to like TV and to be able to see things. And what they think, oh, this is like, like, oh, a Brady Bunch family. This is what a family is supposed to be like. You don't know and you think everything like that until you experience life and go different places and meet other people and go to other families' homes and realize, wait a minute, ain't nobody cussing. I remember I went to a friend of mine's house when I was younger and they were watching, I think it was like Hee Haw or it was something, a uh, country and western thing, and I started laughing, and they put me out of their house. I mean, it was like, <laughs> because I'm thinking it was hysterical, you know? And I must have been laughing so much and so hard to have some adult put you out of their home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I remember Hee Haw. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was funny. I'm sorry. Yeah, Hee Haw was funny. Hee Haw and Lawrence Welk. I remember Lawrence Welk, my grandfather, watching it every every Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You also do some singing, too, don't you? Yes. Mm-hmm. I love singing. Singing and acting are like, people have asked me, which do I prefer? What do I like more? I can never split it up because they're both a part of me and who I am. You're just expressing yourself in a different way. You know, singing, you you know, you have, you know, the words in front of you. Acting, you have the words in front of you. You interpret the words to mean what you want them to mean, how they mean to you. And you do the exact same thing with singing. 
you have the words, you know how that artist sings that song, unless you have to sing it verbatim the way they wrote it, like a Stevie Wonder song or something like that. You can influx your own personality into that to make it your own. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did did you see did you see the movie? Well, of course you did. Um, well, maybe not. Let me not assume. What did you think of JoJo Dancer when it came out? I didn't really. My personally, I didn't care for it as much because a lot of people did really did and everything. I think when you're looking at certain things, it's, it's not supposed to be it. It's not supposed to be an autobiographical film because it was you know the character names were different. But the, some of the things that happened, and you know that they were actual things. But then I would look at certain instances, like, you know, there was this with my mother, the character that was like supposedly my mother, where he was leaving and she, they were getting on the bus. And then she said, Oh, I can't go. I don't want to go. I don't want to leave my mom and stuff. Mama was like, That Negro ain't asked me to go nowhere. You know, <laughs> he, said he, he said he'd be gone three months and never came back. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Oh, my dog wanted to join in, you see. So. Oh, okay. What's, what's your dog's name? This is Bentley. He's a standard poodle. He's Bentley. nine months old. He's, he's already up to my thighs. Wow. He's a big one. Wow. Now, that, that's funny. That, that I mean, that's, that's not, it's not funny, but it's, yeah, it's not funny, but it's funny, you know? Yeah. Which, which a lot of, of your book is. It's like, it's not funny. It's funny, but it's not funny. Um, and remember when you and I were kind of chatting back and forth, and um, you told me that you don't think that you're funny, um, right. but you are. <laughs> you are. Yeah, I don't. I think it's just probably just a natural thing that I don't realize, you know. Yeah, yeah. You, and you know, I think because people can be so critical of you as for what you do, especially when you have a name um, of someone who was the greatest right and when you're trying to step in that same lane you know it's like i don't know i'm gonna I'm I'm figure out what lane i'm supposed to be in and and saying that because there's no way i could compete with that and i wouldn't want to compete with that right because i i did stand up actually did stand up it was like if i didn't do the same thing as my dad then i wasn't funny at all and if i did do something i would tell stories that i went through which were similar to my dad's then I was trying to be like it, be him. Mm, mm. So there was a no-win situation with me when it came to that. Right. So I said, well, I'm just going to stick to, you know, I'll do comedy if it's written in a script or on stage, or if I'm doing a cabaret or a one-man show, that's fine. But for me to stand up there for 45 minutes to an hour and just tell y'all some jokes, it ain't happening. Right, right. I, I think that a one-man show from the perspective of um, – uh, your experience as being his son would be dead on. And I mean, like, really kind of tricked out to where you see imagery with multimedia, because there is there is something to be said about being the son of someone so uh, enormous in talent and in, and in humanity, you know? There has to be something, there, there, there's absolutely things that you absorbed being his son, just telling your story, like, like right. what, Cause we often wonder, like, where Richard, where were your children? What were your children doing? Like, who had them? Like, what's going on with them? To hear it from your perspective, I think you have definitely uh, more material than you probably know. You know, it's, it's actually it's really funny saying it because my thing was, uh, which actually happened right now. Um, 
my book, Ron Brar, is already, there's already a screenplay of my book. Wow. Um, it's out in Hollywood. Some producers are looking through it now for that. But what I want to do is I want to take my book and make it into a show where I'm portraying the characters in the book. So whether it's like my great uncle who was like this huge, massive, like 500 pound dude at one point, or whether I'm playing my, you know, my great grandmother or, or portraying my granny, my mom's mom or my mother or, and my play portraying myself, I want to portray all these characters and turning it into a one man show and you've been able to visualize it and see it. I did a play a few years ago called Stirred Crazy. Wow. And it was me going and it was me going back to my my great grandmother had died, Grandma Marie had died. And during this uh, during this performance I had someone portray my father, but I played myself, um, the son, and then I had my mother was the char- a character in it, my aunt was a character in it, and then there was Grandma Marie. So I would change clothes during in between scenes from grandma the great grandma marie and myself so when i would play her i'd play her when when they first when my mom and him first were married i would play that part and then later in the play towards the end i would stand on stage as myself and i would be talking i say but my grand my great grandmother marie would say it like this and then my body would contort because she'd had a stroke and my body would change and I went down and went limping, and now I'm not wearing the makeup like I had earlier in the play. I'm just myself, and I'm showing the uh, the depth I have as being able to go into a character. Mm-hmm. And I go into the character, and I sit down, and I start talking like she talked at the, towards the end of her life when you really not even understand her. Mm-hmm. And I portrayed it that way. That's the way pretty much the play ends and everything. So I'm trying to bring all those things that I've done and bring it into one thing and have it in a prior life. Mm. That would be I, beautiful. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. That's Good. something I, I would, I would love, love, love to, to witness um, anything that we can do for you here. You just let us know. Um, for those of you listening and watching, um, definitely please share this uh, broadcast the video, uh, people can watch it later if they're not able to watch it now. Put, put it on your pages. Um, share it around. Tag people on it. Um, every, anybody who you think might have ever seen or a Richard Pryor uh, movie or maybe they might have listened to a Richard Pryor uh, album or if you think they have ever heard of Richard Pryor, you tag that person to this and, and encourage them to buy a book by Richard Pryor Jr. And the book happens to be right here. And it's called yeah. In a Prior Life. Right? Um, one of the things, it, it's very important that we support not only our living legends, but the legacy of those legends that we love so much. Everybody talking about, oh, I love Richard Pryor, I love Richard Pryor. Well, you know what? Richard Pryor has children who, you know, if you, okay, so my very lesbianic self is to love the mother <laughs> is to love the child, right? <laughs> Can't just love the mother. Yeah. So, the, and the same that's, thing that's, goes. 
that's been some very dark, some dark periods of my life, which you hit on just right there is because there's been people who have proclaimed how much they love my dad. I remember I was going, when I first moved here, I was going through struggling so bad trying to survive and like, you know, how do I get food stamps? How do I do this in order to do? Cause I really wanted to perform those same people who spoke so highly of how much my father meant to them. None of them were there for me. And that mm-hmm. makes no sense. I, I, I didn't even reach out to people. Uh, this friend of mine named Sharon Barnett, she would reach out to certain people like, this is ridiculous. They talk about how much they love your dad and all this stuff. And, you know, she would reach out to these people. Well, you know, it was like, you know, I think it was Eddie Murphy's people was like, well, what does he want? You know, I mean, just, just, just nastiness when you hear people talk about, you know, how much, you know, mm. really? Mm. Mm. Yeah. It's okay to be seen on camera saying that, but where's the proof at? Where's the, you know, just, just mm. talking something means nothing. Words are just words without action. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, you know, I, I, you know, I can't, uh, Say, you know, do what you want because it's you. You know, you have to do you what you think you're supposed to do. Um, but there's a part of me that, you know, it just really hurt and it let open my eyes up the way people are, especially in this business. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's where it's going to get you to step three versus step two, people in Hollywood and this entertainment industry, not for it. Mm-hmm. Period. It was not going to make them look good or, or not going to advance their career. I don't want to be a part of it. Mm. And one person like Monique, um, she told me, I remember when I was like, during the book writing of it, I remember she was telling me, be your authentic, authentic self. Be who you are. Speak your truth. And if you're doing those drugs, whatever you're doing, speak how that was during that time and how it felt during that time. And I really appreciated her. And, you know, we still talk on the phone and all those things of how that she actually really been there mm-hmm. and will listen to me, talk to me and tell me to, you know, sit down or whatever, <laughs> you know, whatever. She, she, she's authentic. Mm-hmm. So I love those type of people in my life and those kind of people I want to have in my life. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Monique. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I concur. Like she's put words in my ear that, um, have literally brought me to tears. And so, yeah, she's a real one for, I don't care what anybody um, may have heard. Monique is a real one. She's a yeah. real one. And she got that from, she said, I told her about that. Hmm. Be, be real, be authentic, be, be who you are. Don't hmm. let anybody change that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, that's funny. And Javon, thank you for, um, for mentioning that because we have to, as a culture, I mean, I'm just speaking, our people right now, but it certainly is not exclusive to our people. But we have to understand, get to a point where we understand that for the people that we celebrate, that are public figures, that uh, for whatever their work is, and like Richard Pryor Jr. is saying now, the separation between that's just dad, you know, but we saw him as this huge, larger than life. Uh, for him, it was just dad. And the tremendous sacrifice that he made on the roads, entertaining us, and, you know, and how sometimes you don't get to spend all the time with your family as you'd like or you're going through things and shit happens, you know, shit happens. But the reality is if we love Richard, you know, we also have to celebrate and love the people that allow him to be Richard, you know, that um that 
supported him, you know, that gave him what he needed on his downtime to be able to get through things like his children and his wife and his wife and, you know, just people that are connected to him. And just looking at Richard Jr., um, there's no way, you know, if he reached out after and we say we love Richard as much as we did that uh, we don't embrace Richard Pryor Jr. And I'm sorry for your experience um, with anyone in Hollywood that did not, you know, afford you uh, either a helping hand um, a word or two, you know what I mean? Time doesn't matter what the a plate is. I don't Time. know, really, you know. Time, I, yeah. I, I want to. That hit me in a space, you know. And I'm sorry to hear that, you know. Absolutely. I mean, look at him. <laughs> He's. I, mean, you I, still know? Don't see, I still don't see it. Some, some, uh, uh, somebody told me they said, Richard, since this, uh, you know, things going on, your mustache has grown. It's just like your dad's now. <laughs> Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to wear my mustache really thin and all that, you know, pencil thin and everything. So, mm-hmm. it's, uh, yeah. you yeah, know, I'm what? not supposed to have the shocked face, but when you when you popped up on the screen, I was like, oh shit! <laughs> it's like looking at you, all over again, and even the tone of your voice, you know. Yes, I yes. In the basement, many nights listening to him, Red Fox, Millie Jackson, you name it. Oh, my basement folks. Oh, mom. Too. That was yes. Mom. Oh yeah. Oh yes. You Legends know, in the game. what's funny is that um, when I did see Richard um, in person the first time, um, I, you know, we saw Rain because she had the the TV show at that point and has done some things publicly that people may be familiar with. So you could see the resemblance. She has the long shape of your dad's face and everything. But then you have this whole other part of his face. You know, like when I saw you in person, I was like, oh, snap. They they both look like him, although they don't look alike. But it is so crazy. It is so crazy. Mm-hmm. And now, speaking to you, I hear your father's voice. You know, it is so crazy. It is so crazy. And yeah. I agree with, with Rez 100%, you know. Um, I, I I couldn't imagine um someone I, I, I don't care who it is. I, um any any artist that I have admired or whatever, especially um our people, um who like if 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 I was in the street right now and saw a young man, let's just say, God forbid, but let's just say a young man with his hand out and he looked just like Red Fox, let's just say. Mm-hmm. And I say, you know, you look like you you look like an old um, actor, old comedian. And he said, yeah, well, you know, I know, I look like my grandfather, that Red Fox. Everybody tells mm-hmm. me that. Then I would have to talk to that brother and ask him, mm-hmm. what's your name? Why are you out here? And you know what what's going on with you? You know. Mm-hmm. I would have to, out of respect to mm-hmm. Red Fox. Right, right. You know the 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 gift of laughter. Oh, that is such a joy. I've seen. You know, you have a laugh so hard you cry. You have a laugh so hard, and your body starts to you you can't even stand up straight anymore. You bend over in laughter. You know, people who give you that gift. That's a gift. That feeling of sometimes you laugh and you can't stop laughing to the point that people kick you out their house Richard. 
I think yeah. you, you know what I'm talking about. I'm just saying mm-hmm. that's that's a blessing and a gift. It's because it takes you out of yourself. It takes you out of what you're going through, and plus you can identify with it. Mm-hmm. But then because you can identify with it, it becomes more germane and real to you. You can see yourself doing those things or going through that situation. But it also takes you takes that darkness away that's there that's keeping you slow at that time. It's taking all that away from you for the moment. That hour and a half or whatever it is that you can visualize visually see that comic or listen to that comic or as when we were younger, the albums and the eight tracks, you listen to that stuff and it takes you out of it where you can just laugh and just all your worries are gone. Right. And laughter is joy. Laughter is is healthy for you. That's right. 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 And anybody who brings me joy, I owe you one, because there's a bunch of darkness and bull crap that people will give you. But if people spend their life, their life's work is bringing you joy. How could you not feel indebted in some kind of way? Mm-hmm. And how could you, how could and you turn? Even, oh, I'm sorry. No, I was going to say. And and how could you be in a position, um, the descendant of that joy bringer? And, and you know, I, I I'm, I'm gonna get off of this in a second, but I'm gonna tell you that that makes me kind of hot right now, Richard. And and you know, just so that you know, the one reason um, that I've been in pursuit of you is to mm-hmm. give back. Um, in the way that I can, and this is what that is, and to, yeah. to buy and support whatever it is that that you do. But also, even though it was bad and the things you know, you look back with what people could have, should have, would have done. Um, it made me who I am right now. Mm, okay. It made it made me stronger. You know, the adversities you go through and the things you go through and the struggles you go through, it makes everything so real to you, and you know your place. You know nothing was handed down to you. You know you worked your butt off for what you got. Mm-hmm. As little as it may be, I've worked hard for uh, from the time I came to associate to New York City with $300 that my sister loaned me, Rain loaned me, to where I am now being able to perform and I have a book. Mm-hmm. You know, all those things happened because of the things I went through, the good and the bad. Mm-hmm. Everything makes you who you are. So, but it's taking those things that you go through, those dark things, and taking them and making them into something positive. That's where the change happens. Yeah. Nice. And you've been nice. through a lot, and look at you, still standing, survivor. Mm-hmm. And that yeah. book. The bones is... hurt a little bit more now, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I get that. I get that. But the book is, is not just about okay, this happened, that happened, the other happened. Right. It's triumphs it's about and this is and then I got through that and then something else happened but then I got through that and then I found a part of myself and celebrate myself but then that happened but I got through it but then I got through it you know um this was not the greatest but guess what there was a blessing at the end of it you know it it, it, it's a fabulous book and I, I wholeheartedly um really really think that everybody should buy it Thank you. Mine is on the way. Yeah. I, hope, I really hope people do. I, especially my community. I want. I would love my community to embrace my book. You know, I haven't seen that really yet. I've had some people that have purchased it, but I haven't seen my community 
really embrace the book, you know, and uh, I would love to see that happen. When you well, say- we are definitely part of your community, and and just so you know, we are saying it live here publicly. Um, I know that you probably heard maybe not a million times, but we are part of your community, <clears throat> and we are, <clears throat> excuse me, taking making this our personal responsibility to promote, you know, and not because you know there's and. Folks, if you're listening, there are no agreements today. He's not paying us for any of this. We sincerely believe in wanting to give people flowers while they are here alive. And when we have a vested interest in something, you know how we always go hard. And Richard, this is an international podcast. Um, so we just want you to know that anytime you have something you are promoting, anytime you have a, an appearance, working on something, please make sure that this is one of your places you stop by to, to really want to let us know what it is so that we can help promote it. Definitely. I appreciate it. We are lesbian big sisters or little sisters, depending on how you want to look at it. But you know, we have a whole community of folks that love you, you know, and, and right now we are just, you know, gracious enough and, and happy enough to say that we um, appreciate the fact that you were brave enough to even want to put your story out. Um, it's necessary. It's um, and I can't wait to get the book. I mean, I know this this I'm a little upset about the postal service. Shout out to all the workers being slow. Yeah. You know, I'll get it. You know, I'll get it. It's coming. I wanted to have uh, read it before we had yeah. you on, but it just didn't work out that way. But I'm happy that it's on its way. Well, you know what's, what's one thing I'm loving about all this is that because of the book and the things that I've gone through, the things that I'm getting ready to go through, the things that are set up for me now. In my career that are getting ready to happen that are actually happening mind-blowing and I'm excited about it uh but whenever you're ready to talk about that we can talk about that so but I, I'm just I'm just excited about things that are going on and things let's, that are happening. let's talk about let's it right go. now let's talk let's go what's going on well I um there's a, a friend of mine Robin K. Miller and Robin K. Miller we connected through a publicist um a few years back, and she said, "Oh, come on, you know, I have lunch and everything." And I went to a, met her at a restaurant with another guy named Marty, and a guy was there. And coming to find out, Robin K. Miller worked in the prison system, and she was uh, like a correctional officer for like twenty something years, uh, you know, African American woman. And she wrote a book about the Department of Corrections and the things that go on inside of the Corrections Department, mm. the things that happen, the things that the guards do. She mm. wrote a book, because you hear about the prisoners, but she wrote about the guards. Mm. So now, she's her show is greenlighted about this. She's got a show about this now uh, called the DOC. Mm. And I'm actually one of the lead characters now in this. So this thing that we went through with the quarantine and all that kind of put everything on halt because of filming and all that stuff. But once this is over, you know, I'm excited about where this is going as far as uh, my career stuff and the, you know, the people that are attached to it and they wanted to attach to it. It's just like the openness that unfolded. So I'm really excited. Nice. That is wonderful, man. That is wonderful. I saw pictures of you with um in in makeup um and you would you had a long beard on and a, a sort of like um you were on a set. Oh, that's a yeah, that's a film I did. It was called it was a short film called Meditation, 
And um, uh, there's a production company called Fuzz on the Lens Productions. And it was a film where I played a homeless guy. Um, and actually, that was my first award I ever won for a supporting actor. I won for a film festival. Um, here in New York, I won a Best Actor for it. So uh, excellent! I'll, and now that's opened up to something else for another short film project um, that some producers are putting together. So I'm doing that as well. So things are happening. So, you know, and I don't, I don't look at things. You know, people talk about, well, you know, about your, you're not, you know, we think about how is it that you know you're not successful? Why am I not successful? Success doesn't depend on the millions that you. I think your success is that if you're doing something that you truly love and you can do it, that's success to me. Yeah. So whether I'm being paid $150 or $10,000 or $20,000 or $30,000, I'm still loving it all the same because I'm doing what I love to do. Amen. Amen. See there? That's true. It, it's yeah, nothing to say after that. That's so true. That's so true. Yeah, because if you're getting in there for the money, I look at these kids and stuff, oh, this million. If you're doing it for that, you might as well hang it up. <laughs> the chance of you actually really getting that are very slim being in that, that small percentage of the people that are, you know, making the hundreds of millions or the billions of dollars. Mm-hmm. That is a very, very narrow window. Mm-hmm. Um, but you've been able to do what you love. If you're in it for the right reason, you're going to love it regardless. Period. Mm-hmm. So go, go into it because of the love you have for it, not because of what you want to attain. Right. Absolutely. 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 Boy, oh boy. Richard, anybody? Go ahead. No, go, go ahead. What were you going to say? You, cause no, you, you okay. <laughs> so, if is there any one question that people never ask you that you wish someone would? ask you in a setting like this like when you're being interviewed or someone is like a you know like a Richard Pryor fan and they start asking you questions like why didn't nobody ask me this well I this will fit this will fit and you understand I've often you know oh well one I had someone talking about how they were my father's biggest fan and they it was hilarious it was a couple years ago they were like you know, I'm his biggest fan and everything. I really you are. And they went on and on. They said, well, what's he up to? And I said, yeah. you know, you're his biggest fan, but you don't realize he's dead. So oh. one thing. <laughs> but another thing that people fail to mention or anything with, and it's really t- touches me because she was so important. He was my mother. Mm. And people tend to, Forget that without my mother, I wouldn't be here. Right. And I all the time try to bring her up as far as any interviews or anything I'm going through of how important she was to me. You know, my it's in the book, but my mother was so important to me when she was diagnosed with cancer. I tried to take my life and ended up in uh, on a ventilator and all this stuff mm-hmm. uh, because I, I couldn't understand and couldn't fathom and couldn't imagine losing my mother. And to be able to stand here right now and to, to see what I'm doing and everything, and my mother never been able to see any of this, but because of my mother's death, she gave me life. Mm-hmm. Um, if I was, if she was around right now, I'd still be in Peoria, Illinois, probably. 
cuddled underneath her, sucking on her teeth. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But it made me get away from all that and get out of that and finally do something that I wanted to do. And it's not so much the people, if they would ask them, I wish they would ask more about my mother. That would be the thing I think would, out of any question, it would be about my mother. What kind of person was she in the eve of Mother's Day? Um, tell us about her. What about her spirit? Tell us about her. My mother had a, uh, she had a giving spirit. She was very kind, very generous, um, sometimes to a fault. She had a horrible way of choosing the right man in her life that were around her. She never had the men that, were, that would nurture her and be there for her. It was always about how can I abuse this person? How can I hurt her? Um, so she went through a lot of those things, even up until the time she passed away, the person that had been in her life even there towards the end and I remember her telling me tell tell JT that he didn't hurt me mm. he didn't hurt me it's right before she passed away but my mother I get emotional when I talk about her because when someone has been there for you through thick and thin and no matter what you're doing that's wrong and no matter how you're living or whatever that someone is still there you could still call a mama no matter how bad you have treated them in your life. And, you know, I did some dirty things when I was in my mess. And to be able to come out of it and then apologize for it, and the person still loves you and they're genuine to you, it still eats at you because you still, no matter what you do, mother, you may apologize and get it right, but once their eyes close, all that comes back and you remember everything you've done. Good, bad, ugly, you remember all of it. And you're like, oh, my God, give me one more chance to make it better, to make it better for us and everything, to make life a lot better. I wish that she was here so that she could reap some benefits of, of my happiness and my joy. And uh, she was just a caring, a warm, and a wonderful person. And I think I get those, the things I get from her are, is my aspect of caregiving and wanting to be around people. You know, like I wanted to be a hospice nurse. That was one of my dreams and all those kind of things because I love taking care of people. And I love being with people. Even in church, that's what I love to do. Whether or not I'm an attendant to the pastor, I'm an usher, or I'm in hospitality, something. Everything I do is always about helping somebody. And that my mother gave to me because that was her character. Beautiful. That's beautiful. beautiful. It is beautiful. And let me just tell you, reading your book, I wanted to kick some of them dudes' asses myself. Oh, yeah. You, mm-hmm. you, you know, you really um, did a great job, um, and you paid honor to your mom throughout the book. You, you did mm-hmm. a great job, you know, and um, very, very transparent, um, very honest, um, and just a beautiful thing. And I'm sure she's smiling down on you. From heaven. I hope so. I hope so. Oh, I see. I'm getting emotional now just thinking about her. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think that's anything. Um, any parent, when they close their eyes, they just want to know, because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what material things uh, were a part of your life. They just want to know that their living legacies are going to be okay. You know, yeah. for them to truly rest. So the idea that you know you are her greatest legacy. You know. The fact that you're upright on your feet and doing things that you love, um, 
I'm sure I don't even question the fact that that honors her spirit, you know, that honors her, you know. God bless you, Richard. Yeah. I'm I'm just so excited for you because um, it just sounds like things are coming together and um, in a good way. And, and that makes me really excited for you. Really happy for you. Now, you have, your, your mom has two other children, two girls, correct? She has three girls. Three girls. Yeah, my yeah, my sister uh Elanda Steelen, uh my uh sister Tammy Pryor, Tammy Pryor Young, different fathers though, and then my uh sister Ashley Price. Uh, those are my mother's daughters. Those are like my nucleus because you know in in our community we do that half stuff and Right, 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 right. No, no, no. This is my brother and this is my sister, you know, and you know, my aunt mentioned to me in the book when I said my sister, my half-sister Tammy in the book, and I said, and Angie, I didn't want that. But because of the people that are doing the book, mm-hmm. they wanted to emphasize that so people understood, you know, and I, you know, and I was like, well, you know, they know halves and stuff. You know, Rain and I and all my siblings on my dad's side, we have different mothers, except for two of them, Stephen and Kelsey, but I don't do that. You know, mm-hmm. this is my sisters. These are my brothers. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How close yeah. are you to your brothers? I don't. I I'm close to. Uh, uh, he goes by Mason Pryor on stage and everything. His performing name, but it's, his name is Franklin. Um, but uh, me and him talk. I was out in California last year and everything for doing my thing for my book and everything, and we got to hang out together and stuff like that. So that was really good. I don't see Stephen as much, and I don't see Kelsey as much. I believe they might be in Florida. They're very uh, devout uh, Jehovah Witnesses, so I don't see a lot, especially with Stephen, because mm. he doesn't do a lot of things outside right. of the church. Um, but uh, my sister Elizabeth, she's a professor at Smith College. She's a historian there. Um, she has a beautiful thing out now about the N-word um, mm. that, you know, she's had over a million hits on it as far as her discussion on it, on TED Talk. So she's a professor there. And then I uh, have my sister, Rain, who's in Baltimore, and she's running for city council. Absolutely. That's the other thing. I always try to give Rain a plug. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you're in Maryland, you know, let everybody know that Rain Dyer is running for district council. Support her. Vote for her. Um, she's, she's fabulous and she definitely is on point with it. So if she was running in my district, I'd damn sure vote for her because we want us to be in these public offices and rain prior to us. I just wanted to throw that out there. Um, yeah, you, you have an amazing family. I think it must be Mason. I think I saw his picture. He he kind of made me jump back when I looked at him because he looks a lot really? like your dad. Yeah, he looks like dad a lot. I mean, to the point that it's kind of scary. I was like, whoa. He, he looks like dad a whole lot. Exactly. He, like, because he even has the, his, the build and everything. His body structure and everything is totally dad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that that's um something that needs to be said and i think it's it's time Therese, to do a little rapid fire with um mr richard Ooh. pryor jr i think so i think so yeah so <laughs> look at his face look at his face <laughs> don't worry we won't hurt you rapid fire is a word association thing that we use and 
who is it that we say um, a word and then you say the first thing that comes to mind? So how it goes is that I'll say five words, you know, one after another, give you a chance to, you know, uh, insert your, your thought. But the first thing that comes to mind, when I say this, you say that. And I'll do it five times, and then Giovanna's going to do it five times. Oh, Lord Jesus, ten of them. Lord have mercy. Giovanna, <laughs> you didn't tell me about this one. No, I didn't, because it, <laughs> it needs to be completely off the cuff. <laughs> so these are randoms, you know, and it just gives us a peek behind the, behind the veil. Okay. Okay? So let me know when you're ready. Might as well shoot it. Okay. Community. Genuine. Love. Hate. Comedy. Joy. Happiness. Legacy. Me. That was kind of deep. Human. Kind. Nice. Nice. Okay, Javon, you're up. Funny. <laughs> Laughing. Peace. That's joy. Drag. Life. Personality. Truth. Money. <laughs> Evil. Mm. Thank you so much, Mr. Richard Pryor Jr. They can find you where they can find you. They can find me on social media, uh Richard Pryor Jr. on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, on TikTok. Um they can also check out my fan page, the Richard Pryor Jr. fan page, uh, which is on Facebook. They can check out inapriorlife.com, which is my website, and it has all the interviews that I've actually done uh, throughout the last uh, almost two years now. So there, and also uh, information about the book and how to purchase the book is there as well. If they want, uh, because of the uh, quarantine virus kind of shut down, but uh, once everything is back and up and running and everything, I do take personal orders for books and I can order the books and get them and sign them. Or you can send them to me if you already have a copy of what I signed and everything and I'll send it back to you. Now that's a need to know stuff there because I'm definitely giving mine back. Yeah. With that Hancock, sir, thank you so much. And, and, and thank you. I'm going to wait for the opportunity to see you in person and you're going to sign you're this. And you know, you know I'm, I'm like a prior stalker. I'm, I'm a prior <laughs> So much, man, for being on the show. We love you, Richard. And anytime you want anything, you know, put out there, promote, you just let me know. Man. I got you. I got you. All right. Sure. Thank you so much. It was a blessing. Thank you. Thank you. Right. Take care. Bye. 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 For everybody else, you know, let's let's just um, it's Mother's Day um coming up, and um. Hmm. Just you know, if if you if think tomorrow what I'm gonna do, I'm going to do probably a Sunday evening shout gospel show where I just again um, just play music and not really talk. But you'll have an opportunity if you want 
to call and talk about your mama. You talk about your mama because I ain't going to do it. So, you know, um, everybody, I don't know. I mean, I, and I also guess it depends on how I'm feeling tomorrow because I've been a, up, a little bit up and down in terms of that um, feeling good one day, one day, got a fever. I don't know what the hell's going on, but we're going to figure it out. And um, with that, everybody, enjoy the rest of your Saturday. Peace, party people. Ha-ha. See you later. (laughs) With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.